We are on the cusp of a major social change. Do you feel it? Even if you don't, make no mistake, change is coming, and it is going to be unforgettable. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Hart, and here on Prime Spark, where we work with and on behalf of women over 55, I want to help you find that spark that will ignite your way forward, reflect your gifts to the world, and illuminate your path through this next stage of life. Through these podcast conversations, I hope to inspire you to see how you can make a significant contribution to some of the gnarly problems that are facing us right now. Join me, and together, let's discover our Prime Spark. Hi, and welcome to Prime Spark. I'm Sarah Hart, and I'm so happy you're here with us. Prime Spark is designed for women over 55 or close, with a goal to help us all live our happiest, most fulfilling, and productive lives now and in the future. The mission of Prime Spark is to change the way our society sees and treats older women. It's a big mission, which only means we all need to be involved and we need to get going now. And today I have the great pleasure of talking with Carolyn Turkelson and Catherine Marino, women whose work I greatly admire. Carolyn Turkelson, MD, adjunct associate professor at the University of Minnesota, worked at the Women's Health Clinic for two decades, providing holistic, integrative women's health. Dr. Torkelson co-chairs the Minnesota Holistic Medicine Group of 900-plus practitioners. She retired from clinical practice in early 2020 to write and consult on women's health issues. Catherine Marino, PhD, Professor Emerita, DePaul University, has dedicated her career to mentoring women in their educational and life pursuits. Dr. Marino teaches, writes, and consults on neuroscience and learning and on various aspects of women and aging. She is co-founder and co-host of the weekly podcast, Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. They also are co-authors of the recently published Beyond Menopause, New Pathways to Holistic Health. It is a wonderful book. And so I encourage everybody to go get it because it is really, really, you know, just in getting started, I would say when I was reading it, it reminded me a little bit of, um, oh, what was the, I was just ready to say it. What was the book that came out in the late 60s, early 70s that was a blockbuster first time ever that kind of thing had been put in print and sent out to us. Christian Northrup. That Say again, that please. That? Christian Northrup. Is that what you're thinking of? Uh, I'm thinking of the book, Our Bodies Ourselves. Yes. Oh, Our Bodies one. Ourselves. I We got that book and devoured it. And, and this, your new book reminds me for a little bit about that now for us later in our years so it's a it's it's just um it's just a wonderful book so before we get started actually let me ask both of you do you experience getting older and if you do what is that experience 
And if not, why is it that you think that you don't? Whoever would like to start. <laughs> well, I'll start. I'm Catherine. Um, I, I actually do experience getting older uh, in several ways. I guess one is getting older. I am much more confident in uh, my own voice and what I have to offer. And I feel less uh, like to do things out of obligation and more out of choice. The other side of that, though, is that I do experience getting older with some physical changes, um, anything from high blood pressure to a little some aches and pains and in the mornings and maybe even the evening. But it, I can deal with that with working out and, you know, following the advice in our book about good eating. <laughs> <laughs> right. How about you, Carolyn? Do you experience oh. getting older? Yes, I would definitely say that I'm experiencing getting older. You know, um, the whole campaign about anti-aging, although it has some benefits, the truth is, is that, you know, I am getting older. And I think um, it does provide me freedom to, and it has because I've retired, it's provided me more time to do the things that I really love to do. And then on the flip side is that, what do I experience? I maybe find myself being more cautious and less adventuresome than I was in the past. Um, certainly, uh, you know, my physical body isn't as strong. And um, yet I'm very, I remain very active. But I've had to put, you know, some uh, limitations around what I have been able to do in the past and um, what. I wish I could do, but those limitations are, I think, are are, are beneficial limitations. They're they're not a negative. It's just that I like I go back and say I maybe am not as quite as brave and adventuresome in doing things that might be not as healthy for my body. That's really interesting, Carolyn. Because um, both of you have said. So, uh, in a sense, um, similar things. And that is what I find when I ask women that question. They many, many times will say, well, physically, yes. You know, I have some of this and I have some of this. But other than that, um, you know, uh, I feel I feel good. I feel me. I feel like I can do my, I don't have to pay so much attention to what people think and all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And I really dislike the term anti-aging. I heard somebody once say being anti-aging is sort of like being anti-breathing. <laughs> um, I was in a group the other day and somebody talked about they didn't want to get older. You know, Sarah, don't talk about getting older. And, stuff. and I said, well, if you're not in favor of getting older, you must be in favor of dying. <laughs> I need to not keep saying that because that's, ooh, um, but, um, but it's true. I mean, that's it's the true. alternative. And I think embracing it really helps. I do too. I think um, I think that embracing in our, whatever it is in our lives, embracing it helps. Whatever it is, just dealing with it. I am not kidding when I say I love your book. Um, it is just a, a wonderful book. Um, and I'm curious about from your perspective, what need or problem do you think this 
book addresses. I I have my own sense of it, but I'm really interested in knowing what the two of you think. Well, Carolyn, you should probably go first since this was your brainchild. So, <laughs> well, I I think there's there's kind of two focuses of this book. First of all, the first is we are speaking to postmenopausal women, those many years, 30 to 50 years beyond menopause that no one really ever talks about. So, you know, and postmenopausal women have unique healthcare needs. And these needs are often neglected or just not even recognized in the healthcare system. So we as women we as advocates for ourselves, if we're going to embrace ourselves as we age, we really, you know, we need to be our best advocate because no one else is really going to do it for us. So that is kind of the that is kind of the first layer of one of the purposes of the book. And then the second part of the book is that we are talking about integrative holistic approaches to well-being. And um, when I left clinical practice, I really wanted to provide for women kind of a guide or a resource for women to learn how holistic integrative medicine can enhance, can enhance your health. And uh, I mean, we're not saying that conventional medicine isn't helping, but we really wanted to create a template for other healing modalities and other healing systems that could augment our bodies to do its its own innate healing. Because that's that's what we want to have happen is our is our own bodies telling us what we need to do to be as healthy as we possibly can. And and to and to not get sick. I mean our our con I'm I've used conventional health uh, medicine and thank goodness it's there. But it is designed to heal heal sickness. Chronic disease. Right. And so let's figure out, let's put at least as much energy into figuring out how not to get it in the first place. Yeah. How do you see it, Catherine? How do you see what the book, um, what problem or mission it solves? Well, I certainly what Carolyn, I just echo what Carolyn said, but I think what you said to begin with, Sarah, about the mission of Prime Spark, that we're here to um, shine the light on conditions, situations that women f- confront as we age that tend to be overlooked, dismissed, um, and that we, we, as Carolyn said, we have to be our own advocates. Even my own experience with my doctor, who's quite wonderful, and I've seen her for decades now, uh, I'm the one who suggests, I think I need a stress test, or I think I should uh, I need my blood pressure checked or because she sees me wonderfully, you know, it's just great. She sees me as a healthy person, which I, of course, strive to be. At the same time, I'm listening to cues in my body that I think need attention. And um, and so I need to advocate for that and not feel embarrassed or like I'm being a hypochondriac or anything of the sort. Um, and it's just... Um, Women need to be visible. We need to be visible in all all kinds of ways, and certainly our health needs are are critical. Isn't it amazing that that you've said this, that post-menopause, we live 
almost as much life postmenopausal as we do premenopausal. That's right. And the only and this may not be true because I'm I'm not an expert at all. But the only thing I'm aware of with postmenopause is like the first few years mm-hmm. and some of the really difficult things that can happen, not to all women, but to some of them. But then once you sort of get past that, even even mostly past it, if not completely past it, there's nothing. There's there's you know, nothing written about it. That's right. You know, Sarah, when, when we've had book signings and people walk, women walk by and they look at our, our book title and they go beyond menopause, they say, oh, I'm way beyond that. And we say, exactly. <laughs> Come talk with us because this book is for you. And, and so even in our many women's our own sense of ourselves is that we're, we just, we're not, uh, we're not visible. Yeah. That, that, that since we don't know anything about it, there's nothing to be known about way beyond mm-hmm. menopause, mm-hmm. you know, that just, just get on with it. That's, I think, oh, that's fascinating. How Very did you, I'm sorry, go ahead, Carolyn. I'm going to say there's, you know, emerging is more and more information about menopause and that, what you and what you say, Sarah, about that time, you know, um, whatever that menopause transition period may be, but after that, then we really fall off the map. Yeah, and um, and we in our book, our intention is really to address that time also. Although one of the chapters is on the menopause transition. We certainly spend a lot of time talking about women's stories and women's experiences after and beyond that time. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm glad for the uh, increase in looking at menopause and, and hopefully it will transition into or translate into making an impact on how companies and organizations mm-hmm. work better with their women employees during that time. Um, but I never was so aware until I started reading your book of how I'd never heard anything about so much of this. I'd never, I'd never heard any, you know, so how did the two of you get together to do this? (laughs) Go for it, Catherine. Okay. Well, this is a a long story that I'll try to make as short as possible. Um, Carol and I have been friends for over 50 years now. We met at the university of Minnesota uh, we, uh, the summer of our, before we graduated, undergraduate, we took a trip together. We did independent study projects in Mexico. And there we um, found, discovered um, Isla Mujeres, I, the island of the women. And it was totally unsettled at that, mostly unsettled at that point. But Carolyn said that she was going to live there someday. And um, for the past 25 years, she and her husband have a, have a condo there, and I get to visit every winter. So um, during those visits, we've been, we talk a lot about our respective professions. And uh, I was in innovative higher education, Carolyn's in you know, integrative healthcare, and the difficulty we have in being not in the mainstream and trying to bring uh, both both higher learning and um, holistic health into people's consciousness. And uh, I began to listen to hear more about Carolyn's stories about working with her, her patients. And they, I thought, well, this is really 
although I'm not talking with my students about health, I'm ta- I'm working with older women who are um, are really trying to carve a whole a new new pathways for themselves and take be be uh, good agents of their own learning and and so we thought and then Carolyn had always had been saying she wanted to write a book, so I said, oh well, I could. I could help with that. <laughs> and lo and behold, we um, we became co-authors with Carolyn's medical practice, of course, in the lead. And I tell the story about Islam O'Harris because that's that was where we really, I think, our friendship deepened and where we have such a, a passion for for that place and where we got to write a good bit of the book on location there. So that's my story. Mm-hmm. And just a reminder, Catherine, Isla Mujeres means Island of the Women. Yes. So what could be a better place to create a story about women, um, you know, women as they age and the beauty of women and how we, how we can carve new pathways? No. And, and even though we've known each other for all these years, we've and traveled and you know had a, a very close friendship. We'd never done anything professionally together before, so this was a this was a wonderful opportunity to collaborate on something that means so much to both of us. Did that collaboration go smoothly? I people think it was, that que- it, people yeah. ask that question, and that was like you know a hand in glove. Uh, we really worked well, very, very well together. And uh, I think we just strengthened our bond. Even mm-hmm. though Catherine lives in Chicago, I live in Minneapolis. So we did a lot of Zoom calls. And of course, we did a lot of our work on Islam Mujeres. But um, we we did our work often from a distance. And no, we... I think we've strengthened our friendship. Wouldn't you agree, Catherine? I definitely agree with that. And I've told many people that I've collaborated on, you know, books and articles, and I know Carolyn has with other people as well. This was by far the most gratifying, the most fun, the most, um, I just, it was, it was, you know, it's tough writing a book, but it, um, the whole process was really enjoyable and I learned a great deal from this woman, and I think part of it is because we we each brought such different perspectives uh, or different set, you know settings, and yet we we share um, the same values and and the same sort of aspiration for women as we grow older. So, so there let's, no no yeah. conflicts really. <laughs> that's oh, really that's great. It just it struck me that it would be. It would be very sad if it was, I mean, I have friends who lived with somebody for a long time, then got married and the whole thing fell apart. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that, that didn't happen with this. So let's talk a bit about the book because it is, it is such a good book. Um, you have the book um, organized into three parts. Uh, describe the three different parts and why it's organized that way. Well, I can give you a little, just a brief or, um, overview of what the three parts are, and we can take it in pieces, Catherine, but really the book is organized into these three different parts. The first is speaking up for yourself. You know, how are you your best advocate? 
The second part is um, expanding your health options. And what we do is we provide eight different health conditions that are particularly amenable to integrative care. And they also illustrate stories about healing systems and healing strategies. Um, those eight different conditions, let me just briefly list them for you. Um, they're the menopause transition, sexual health, sleep, anxiety, fatigue, weight changes or weight concerns, bone health, and brain health. And we really try to uh, bridge the gap between conventional medicine and other kinds of healing modalities. Then the third part of the book is about harmonizing your body, mind, and spirit through nurturing different aspects of your health. So those are the three parts. And uh, Catherine, why don't you talk just a little bit about uh, speaking up for yourself and advocacy? One of the things we realized as we were pretty early in the process of writing the book, and actually we got feedback on this, was that we needed to really make a strong case for women being their own advocates. And so one of the so we look at that in a couple of different ways in part one of the book. And, and one of the ways is for women to, you really need to know ourselves. Who are we and how are we when we're involved in the medical system in some way? And those of us who are accomplished and competent in many aspects of our lives, does that person show up in the doctor's office? Not always. I certainly don't. Um, and so we we thought this is we we really want to help women understand their voice and how they what how to exercise their voice when they're advocating for their own needs. So that's that's basically part one. And we also talk about the the need to establish a um, a relationship with the with your providers, healthcare providers, that is sort of a, a, a relational one, a, a, a mutual understanding and respect. So it's not the authoritative, I'm the doctor, you need to do what I say. That's a whole, that's fascinating. That's a whole learning, relearning for many of us because yes. I was brought up, the doctor said, you know, the doctor knows and just pay attention to what usually at that point he tells you to do mm -hmm. because he knows and he's right. And it took me a, a real healthcare crisis to learn to say no. Mm -hmm. You know, and and I love that you're that this whole first part of the book is about that, so that women can learn to do that without having to come to a serious healthcare crisis in order to stand up for themselves. But it's right. that's that is a real relearning for a lot of us. It is. In fact, the first version of that of that part one focused much more on women as learners and how we learn and how we grow and develop. And that's still there. That's still the underpinning. It's just that we've framed it more around advocacy, exercising right. our advocacy voice. Right. That's wonderful. And around that, I think an important piece is to be able to listen to your own emotional health and listen to your own um, intuition. I mean, we have been taught not to listen to our own body as it speaks. And 
maybe engaging in different ways that you can really augment that and listen to what your body is telling you rather than always or often deferring to someone else's expertise. Because we ourselves have a lot of expertise. And And I don't know how many times after I, after I went through my thing that I, I would say to someone, it's my body, Mm -hmm. you know, it's my body. And that I always thought, that seems like such a stupid thing to be sitting here saying, you know, <laughs> this is my body. I mean, that's it. But it didn't seem, it seemed needed to be said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Giving ourselves permission yeah. to really, really express who we are. It takes a lot of courage, I think, too, especially how many of us have probably been raised, as you said, Sarah, that doctor knows best and, um, you're not to question and you're to be compliant. And and um, I don't mind being compliant if I understand exactly how that's going to help me. Right. No, I mean, if if, if something makes sense and I want to do it, you know. Yeah. Uh, isn't that, I just, I hadn't even thought about this until you just said that, Catherine. One of my favorite shows on television was, oh, that was Father Knows Best. It wasn't Doctor <laughs> Knows Best. It was Father Knows Best. Well, like, there's Dr. Kildare. <laughs> there is Dr. <laughs> So the second part are are different um, uh, situations or diseases or body states or how do you refer to them? They're not really diseases. They're well. In the second part of the book, we really um, I chose conditions that often are not talked about when you go and see your primary care doctor or whoever, whichever doctor you choose to see. Um, you know, we don't talk about sexual health, do we? No, I mean, I think it. I think that um, for most of us, number one, if if anybody is involved in sexual activity as they get older, they don't talk about it. And for people who aren't, they assume it's not happening. Yeah, right. Because you're old, you know. <laughs> right. So really getting in touch with your sexual, your your sexuality, uh, who you are as a sexual being doesn't get forgotten just because you're postmenopause. And um, there are difficulties and there are challenges and there are rewards, but we need to talk about it. And if we can't, first of all, we need to talk to our partner if, if we have a partner and uh, if and then if we have concerns, we need to be able to trust our practitioner to go and speak to that individual and ask them questions that are on our mind. And if and, we can't get satisfaction doing that, we're seeing the wrong person. Exactly. exactly. Or we need to ask that individual, then get me to the right person. Right. And um, so... That is that is one chapter we think is really important. Uh, the chapter on anxiety and how anxiety can emerge as we age, and um, how we can, you know, how we can employ different mindfulness techniques to help us with that. Um, I think that's incredibly valuable. So I didn't even know I had anxiety until. <laughs> Carolyn insisted that we have that chapter. And I thought this is, well, this is fine. This is for other women. But but it really gave me insight into 
the kinds of anxieties that I carry with me and have over the, over the decades. So it, it um, so it was a real learning. That was a real learning experience for me. That reminds me, Carol, uh, Catherine, that um, I was I was into menopause before I knew what was going on, and finally a friend told me, "I think you're in menopause." <laughs> it's, it's not only anxiety somebody needs to tell us about. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's- we love, um, one of the things we did at the end of each chapter was have a Catherine's commentary. And so we could bring Catherine's voice as a woman reader of the chapter to say, oh my gosh, I never even knew anything about this. And I think that's a fun part about the book is um, Catherine's comments or commentaries, we call it. I agree, and it, and it makes it real. It makes it real. Makes it feel like you're sitting and talking to somebody, and she's, you know, you're just going back and forth about how you reacted to this book. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now what's the third part of the book again? Catherine, why don't you fill it in a little bit? Well, this is about, you know, we we started with the first part, uh, being advocates for yourself, self-care, And we wanted to kind of close the book with that notion, too, around nurturing ourselves. We really need to learn about about self-nurturing. And so we look at it, as as Carolyn said earlier, harmonizing the body, mind, and spirit. A lot of the book is about body and mind. And so we wanted to bring our spirit and whatever spiritual means to to anyone, which, of course, uh, is different. but we, and so we thought, well, what are those key aspects of nurturing? And we um, certainly talk about self-compassion, being kind to ourselves, being radically kind to ourselves. And we also included a part about nurturing loss. At, at our ages, we're experiencing loss of many different kinds, um, uh, loss of, of family and lo- friends and loss of pets and even loss of some of us, Carolyn alluded to earlier, our physical uh, abilities or capacities. And so nurturing nurturing our ability to rebound from loss and rebuild is, is really key. Um, purpose, of course. Um, everyone talks about the importance of having purpose, and, as, and, and we do as well. So it's... Um, it's a um, it's an the last part is an invitation for women to kind of stand up for themselves and each other, and um, we have what we call a, a bold declaration uh, about advocating for what we need and taking responsibility and um, and trying the holistic approaches that can be very beneficial to us and um, in keep striving for that goal to remain vital and mm-hmm. uh, and engaged in life. I think one of the things, Catherine, that we really found as we were looking at the nurturing component was not only, you know, really being more patient and loving of ourselves with self-compassion, but we also realized the vital importance of nurturing community as we age. Yes, yes, absolutely. That that really stood out for us, that how do we create the kind of community that feeds our soul, mm-hmm. that feeds 
feeds us deeply. I think that we we at this point know several things that help us have a good life as we age um, in all sorts of ways. And one of them is, I think, is community, that making sure that we have what you just described, Carolyn. And it's yeah. easy not to do that. It's easy. it's easy to start turning inward and not focusing as much outward. And I am convinced that one of the things that we all need to do as we get older is continue to have younger friends. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because I think that that brings a whole new perspective. I, um, I'm really in favor of the some of the work that's being done with intergenerational communication. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because, um, I, yeah, I think it's uh, both both ways, you know. Uh, to, to increase understanding. And Carolyn, I love what you said about, um, or, or Catherine, I'm not sure who said, uh, getting used to loss and, and getting in touch with different kinds of loss. I, I was, when just as you were saying that, what I was thinking of was that I realized the other day that I was not as comfortable anymore driving back from San Francisco to home, which is about 45 minutes to an hour at night. Mm-hmm. Right? And I was sort of devastated to realize I was feeling that way. And um, I can make myself do it. Should I? Mm-hmm. I mean, if if I am if I'm that wary, I mean, is that something I really should keep? I mean, what do you think? Do you th- and when we when we hit things like that, should we? really try to push through it or should we honor how we're feeling because it seems to me that then cuts off a lot of experience yeah. well I, it depends on how much anxiety you want to live with <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a really good point Catherine it's so funny you say that because that is one thing I said to my husband about three months ago it was you know it's getting dark so soon in J- November and I had to go out at night and I said, I really don't want to go out because I don't feel as comfortable driving. And it was like, just, it was like, I felt myself almost collapsing because I felt like an old person saying that. But so I recognized two things. Uh, you can push yourself through it. The other thing is, is my vision isn't as good. I'm just not as safe on the highway as I was before. So I think you really have to modify to some degree, you know, and yet we don't want to not go out at night because we can't drive. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, I think one of the things among many things that your book does is make us realize we're not alone in a lot of these things. You know, we, it's not talked about, we're not helped with it. And what one of the things your book does is make it really clear that we're not alone. So just before we end, do you have any other projects in mind at this point? Or is it just recovery time from this book? Well, I don't feel like we're in recovery yet because um, we've we've we're we've been doing book signings and we are doing programs uh, in person as well as on um, virtually. And being invited on podcasts such as yours. And we're delighted to be with you, Sarah. So thank you. Um, so I think we're 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 in that phase now where we're looking, how do we how do we get this the messages out there to as wide a public as possible? 
And wouldn't it be great if we also could somehow influence conventional medicine, um, or at least some of the providers in that system to be more open to what we're bringing, what we bring and what we need. One of the things we all could do is give one of these books to our, our healthcare providers. Yes. Yes. I gave one to mine. I don't know if she's going to read it, but I gave it to her. Right. Good. Yes. Yeah, I think how, uh, promoting our book is really important. And, and it's not so much even about promoting ourselves, but I think what we're talking about is such an important movement for women. Well, and it's more for women, just for aging adults. And um, so a lot of that is done on social media. And it's it's kind of a space that I'm not as comfortable in, but it's one that I need to get more comfortable with. Yeah, unfortunately, you probably do. I'm even kicking and screaming, um, but yes, that's probably true. <laughs> okay, well, that's our time today. Could you, um, I, I have a sense that people might want to get in touch with you. So could you each give the, the best way for somebody to get in touch with you if they would like to? Well, for me, it's Catherine, it's probably my, my email, which is... Um, C-M-A-R-I-E-N-A at DePaul, D-E-P-A-U-L dot E-D-U. Just do that one more time, Catherine. C-M-A-R-I-E-N-A at DePaul, D-E-P-A-U-L dot E-D-U. Carolyn? But Sarah, I do want to mention that Catherine has the podcast women over 70 and it is so it, it you know you can connect that way and it's such an important podcast it's uh, uh, so, so that's wwwwomen over 70 then the number 70.com and sarah hart is one of our advocates so she is a guest uh, she's one of our podcast guests so you can Check it her is, out there. It too. is a wonderful site. It is, <laughs> it is a wonderful it's site. So full of great stuff. You can get a hold of me on women www.womenagingwell.org. Womenagingwell.org. And it's my website. And you can just get to me through that site. So thank you so much. Really, thank you, Sarah. Oh, thank you. Yes, thank thank you. you, everybody, for being with us. You can find out about Prime Spark Podcast on every popular outlet. Find out more about Prime Spark at www.primesparkwomen.com. Thank you so much to my guests, Carolyn Tarkelson and Catherine Marino. And don't forget how you can find them. And if you get confused about that, contact me at sarahhart at heartcom.com, and I will get you in touch with them. So thank you for being with us, everybody. Take care, spread tolerance and love. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like to stay updated, you can head over to my website, primesparkwomen.com and get my free spark guide, seven questions to ignite your spark, to help you discover your own spark. See you in the next episode.